We are thrilled to have Butler head basketball coach Thad Mata on the mower shop from Fisher's Hotline this afternoon. Bulldogs at St. John's 6.30 tip-off tonight. That's a game on Fox Sports 1. Coach Mata, thank you for joining us. We are very interested in your opinion on where your team is through six games in the Big East. We've seen some lineup changes. I know you've gotten a ton out of Manny Bates and Eric Hunter Jr. What's your message to the team ahead of tip-off tonight against St. John's? Well, I think this. We, we, we've got to... Um... We got to compete, mm-hmm. and, and um, you know when you're playing a team like St. John's, they're they're by design very chaotic. Um, you know they're going to try to pressure you, uh, turn you over, mm-hmm. make you play a way you don't want to play, and 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 we've got to be able to take the, the the kind of the blows they give us, and we haven't done a real good job with that this year. And uh, and then you know hey, at the same time you got to be able to deliver the blows. And um, so I think you know the message tonight is we got to go in, we got to compete, we got to we got to play better than we are, and and um, you know take pride in, in doing all the little things. That's for sure. Butler fans and fans around Indianapolis are still getting to know Manny Bates, coach, center transfer from North Carolina State. He lets his game do the talking. Please give a glimpse into what this young man's been like behind the scenes. We have a ton of talent at the center position in the state with Zach Eady, Trace Jackson Davis, I would argue Peyton Sparks up in Muncie for Coach Mike Lewis. Manny Bates is very much in that conversation as well, Coach, and I want folks to know that. Yeah, no doubt. I, and thank goodness we got Manny. Um, <laughs> I, I think that was you know one of the things uh, in, in taking this job, and we knew we had a lot of work to do, and, and uh, we needed something, or we needed a guy that could, could sort of anchor us down down low, and, and I think Manny's done a great job with that. Um, you know, it's, we're in tonight's, I think, our fifth game in 12 days, and, um, wow. you know, he's, he's taking a beating every night, and, and uh, you know, I give him credit. He's, he's, he's a tough kid, and, you know, we, we've really seen him grow, and, and tonight, you know, he's got a heck of a matchup again, and, um you know, we, we need him to, to, to play well. We need to get him the basketball. And, you know, probably the biggest thing, you know, for, for the other fans out there, I mean, Manny's one of the greatest kids I've ever coached. <laughs> yeah. Just love being around him and, and just a, a tremendous young man. And, you know, one of those guys you want him to play well. Yeah. You coach A. Marlon Jackson here, former Michigan Wolverine, like you're, yourself, <laughs> a former Buckeye, um, now back at your back at Butler University and just wondering what's been the experience so far um, and how does it compare to being at Ohio State and rebuilding a program there and then coming back home and trying to do the same and reestablishing um, Butler basketball? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, um, Ironically, you remember this name. I talked to Jim Trussell yesterday, and hmm. um, you know we were just talking about you know and he said, "Hey, when I went to Youngstown State, when I went to Ohio State, it takes time to to build something." And 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 I think you know, hey, we we all want this to go faster. And and I'll be honest with you, Marlon, what, what I want is for our guys to play the best basketball. And hey, I'll let the chips fall where they may. And and um, I think that's the the biggest thing. You know, when we went to Ohio State. Uh, in '04, I mean that that program was at rock bottom. <laughs> uh, you know, we were we were we were banned from postseason play. We were dive scholarships, all that stuff, and uh, and it, it took us some time. But uh, uh, by the same token, uh, as, as I said, I just want these guys. You know, we, we've shown we can play some really really good basketball. Um, we got to be more consistent. 
and 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 we've got to we got to stay the course through the rocky times. That's that's kind of the hard part there, no doubt about that. Thad Mata joining us on the Mower Shop from Fisher's Hotline. Charlie Clifford, Marlon Jackson in studio. Coach Mata, when you scan the Big East and the coaches that are currently lined up in this conference. Have you ever seen anything like it in terms of the star power on the sideline, coaches with resumes who have been there and have done it at the highest level? It just seems remarkable. Every night you turn on Big East basketball, household names coaching these teams. Well, there's there's no question about that. And, and you know, it's a, I don't know, what are we, six, seven games into it? I've right. been uh, very, very impressed with, you know, not only the coaching, I knew that, but just the talent in this league and, and – um, you know, there are, are some unbelievable basketball players in, in this league. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I knew from afar that, that this was a, a very competitive league. <laughs> but, um, you know, it is it is night in, night out. You're going against, uh, uh, you know, big-time talent, big-time coaching. and, and uh, But that's, that's what makes it fun. That's what you sign up for. And, and um, you know, like I said, we just we, we got to play better ourselves. And, um, and hopefully we will make Coach, you were a little short to start the season. A lot of those non-conference games, a rotation of around seven players. You made a lineup change. Jaden Taylor, a star who we watched locally here at Perry Meridian High School, a new role for Taylor. What was behind that decision, and what results have you gotten so far? Because reading the box scores, it it seems fairly obvious. Is This is a move that's worked. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Um I, I think when we made the change, I, I, I think it was the Providence game. Mm-hmm. We, we went with size in, in the starting lineup, and and, and I think Jalen has been tremendous coming off the bench. And and you know, I, th- I think I had two or three first round draft picks that didn't start for us. Uh, so it, it's not about <laughs> starting a game; it's it's about how you finish the game. And yeah. and um, you know, I, I think it, as, as long as he can come in and continue to give us the the intensity we need and, and you know, I think everybody looks at the box score and says, Well he scored but but Jalen's been a lot better defensively than he than he was a month ago and, and, and that's something that, that we need from that position and, and uh you know he he's gonna play his minutes and, and you know I, I think that uh if if I can get uh you know the more energy coming off the bench and that's one of the biggest things we've talked about with this group is you know, no matter if you're coming out of the game going back in the game or going in for the first time we we need energy coming in the basketball game, right? And uh, I think that's something that that hopefully we'll will be better tonight than we were the other night with that. Coach Mata, we have Marlon Jackson in studio, the man with the singular most important play in Colts history: the interception of Tom Brady in the '06 AFC title game. So we need to ask defense. Eric Hunter Jr., top defender in the Big Ten last year at Purdue. He comes home, the Tinley High School graduate, now running your point guard spot, had his career-best scoring night earlier this week back at Hinkle. Eric Hunter Jr., Coach, what I love the most, when there's a little scuffle, when there's a little physicality after the whistle, the smallest guy on the floor is the first bulldog in there to mix it up. Your thoughts on coaching him this season? You know, I I really, really enjoyed coaching Eric. Um, I I think that uh, he's one of those guys that, um, it came to Butler with something to prove, and, and um, I, I think just you know from from the standpoint of his competitiveness, as you talked about his, his defense, you know he's been he's been really really good for us, and um, you know I, I, I'm hoping that uh, you know he can continue to score the ball. But probably the most important thing I want Eric to do is 
is, is continue to get command of our team out there on the floor. And, okay. you know, tonight's, tonight's going to be a very, as, as I said, chaotic. You, you, you have to play basketball against these guys. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I've talked a lot to Eric about it of, you know, just making sure that the other four guys know exactly what we're doing. And, and uh, But that's, that's the type of kid that that's what he wants to do. St. John's tonight, Butler traveling to see the Johnnies. 6.30 tip, Fox Sports 1. Friday night hoops at Hinkle. Villanova's in. Marlon Jackson, I know you don't want to be the opposing point guard walking the ball up in that environment, yeah, correct? That'll be a tough, tough, be, hostile environment. Be a little tough to call out the plays there at Hinkle. Coach, your thoughts on getting back with a marquee home game in what is one of the toughest venues in the conference to play. What would be a message to Dogs fans coming out later this week? Well, I, you know, over it's, it's going to be a, obviously a, a, another big, big East battle for us. And, and um, you know, that's going to conclude six games in 16 days. And, and you know, we've wow. been on the road here for the last four days, I think it is, and, and – uh, uh, five days or six, we stayed out here. But uh, you know, I, I know our guys will be looking forward to get home. Now, obviously, we got business to tend to before that. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's it, there's there's no greater place to play than Hinkle Fieldhouse. There's no greater place to see a game than Hinkle. So um, you know, hopefully, we'll we'll do our part tonight and, and have the juice for Friday night. Coach Mata, get them going tonight. We appreciate you taking the time on a game day. Best of luck out east, and we'll see you Friday night. All right. All right, guys. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Chris Ballard's attempted to build a team that's built, born to run. Well, guess what, Indianapolis? It's time to throw it again around this city. Last time I checked, that's the reason Indy's on the map. And now the quarterback question, the head coaching question, and the after effects of one of the most frustrating seasons in franchise history is here. Chris Ballard attempted to clean it up this afternoon. Mike Chappell was there. Chap joins us now on 93.5-1075 The Fan. Marlon Jackson's here. Charlie Clifford's here. Chap, Jeff Saturday in this head coaching decision appears to be domino number one. What did you learn about the process that's now ahead to try to put a leader in the highest seat in this state, which is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts? Not very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in all honesty, I mean, Jeff's going to be uh, certainly interviewed, uh, but it does not. It's just we, we. He was asked several times about what will you use to evaluate him, what will the one and seven and all that. And Chris really didn't have a lot to, to, to like elaborate on when it came to that. It's it's going to be more the intangible than what Jeff did you know, behind the scenes and kind of getting his feet on the ground and learning the ropes. And so the problem is they could have put Tony Dungy <laughs> in there for the last half of the season. And mm-hmm. I, now maybe they wouldn't have collapsed like they did, but I mean, what I'm saying is it wouldn't, it wouldn't have done a lot. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll start with the process. They've already, you know, we've seen the reports. They've already asked to talk to four guys. Mm-hmm. Jeff is number five. So I, We'll see, but we, we we really gleaned very little, if anything, from Chris Ballard today about Jeff Saturday and how he's viewed by, internally. Now, the one thing we did learn is is Chris will lead the the, the search, mm-hmm. but this will come down to, to he and Jim Irsay putting their heads together 
And Jim Mercer once again will hold the final the final vote on who the head coach is. So, Mike, Marlon Jackson here. What, if anything, different from today's press conference versus others that you've covered in the past, particularly the announcement of Jeff Saturday becoming in as an interim coach? Was there anything in terms of the the nature of the press conference, the the feeling around the press conference, the body language, the energy? You know, what's what's different um, that allows us to be able to leave that, you know, Chris Ballard is is at the helm and he's leading the charge solely? Good question. Now, the, the, the difference in the tenor of this one was, was the level of of it's on me and I, and I take the blame because he understands this thing. This thing started with everyone, and I'm ta- I'm not talking locally. I'm talking nationally. Thinking this team was a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan was the kind of guy that could take him not to the Super Bowl necessarily, but to sort of the playoffs. And this team did not did not handle it well. This team has never handled being a front runner well. I mean, look at the one in five starts that they've overcome with Frank. So the, the level of, of of Chris Ballard taking the blame and taking it all on, and there were other there were other things that, that led to this. I mean, the owner, his involvement, the defense collapsing, and all that. The quarterback didn't work. So maybe the level of uh, of it's on me, which he had to do. I mean, he right. had to come out and say, "Guys, throw your bricks. It's it's on me." He had to mm-hmm. do that. As far as the, the trust in moving forward, I I don't know. I mean, I asked him, and it, it's really a – I thought about it, but you sort of had to ask a question, is after the expectations and, and knowing how this league is, are you surprised to be talking to us today? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times these guys are, are let go with this, and he understands that. And, again, he just says that you have to have the trust in who you are and what you do. And, and and believe that you can get through this. And one thing that Chris Ballard will never do is is apologize for how he does things. Correct. The the the, the effort put in and all that stuff. Now you can we can certainly question decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and he addressed those and took the blame on you know offensive line and all that. So, but how you come out of that saying okay this guy's the guy? I I don't know how you can say that. And, and this is from, from someone who, who really believes Chris is a good GM. Yep. He's just he's just missed on he the team has missed on three major areas, you know, quarterback, left tackle, and I, I would add edge pass rusher. Although that's still there's at least hope there. there. There's at least yeah, hope because that was that was one of the next things I was thinking of. As you look at the roster and the eyesores are there, a quarterback in an offensive line, what are the other gaps that, that you see? Uh, do, you know, do, do we really believe the pass rushers are here? Not no, yet. They still, yeah. Not no, yet. They still, no. they still need that guy. They, you know, I think Quidditch will be pretty good. I really do. Mm-hmm. But do you see him as a 12, 13, 14 sack guy? I, not yet. Nope. I, I, I don't, which is fine as long as you've got that guy on the other side. You know, and, and there are spots that got that got to shore up the offensive line, right? Right guard, they need to find something. And you know, and, and I said all along, you you can hide a marginal right guard, you can't hide problems at left tackle. You just can't. Uh, and that's something that they they believe, they hope. That, that may Bernard be the one Ryman, plus to come out of the last eight weeks. Is it 
Bernard Ryman What's got that? the that might be the one plus chap of the final eight weeks legitimately where you can say Jeff Saturday got Ryman to play winning football and that's going to be a big bonus going forward. Yeah, I know. I need to see more. I mean, sure. I, he, he still the, the problem with left tackle is when you mess up, everybody, <laughs> sees, everybody sees it, and it's probably not going to be a good play. <laughs> so. Uh, and that's the unforgiving nature of left tackle. But but he gives you hope. He does. But I'm telling you, he, he, all, all the things that were said, none of it matters if they don't get quarterback right. I mean, I, it just doesn't. You know, w- would you guys, Marlon, have done what you did anywhere close to that without elite quarterback play? And you don't have to have elite quarterback play. But you better have darn good quarterback play. Chap, back to a higher level, Chris Ballard went out of his way to say, look, we did not manage expectations well at all. At all. If we work backwards chronologically, the year after Andrew Luck walked away and this odyssey began, the rhetoric was Jacoby Brissett is a top 20 quarterback. They had great conviction in that. Then it became Phillip Rivers. There's still gas in the tank. This is a multi-year commitment We know that now not to be true. Then Carson Wentz, he's going to set up the next era of greatness. Him and Frank Reich, a perfect marriage. They're going to rebound. That failed. Matt Ryan is everything we've hoped and dreamed from, from an organizational standpoint. He couldn't last half a season. Is the fact that the Colts have shot themselves in the foot from a PR standpoint at the quarterback position, has that done more damage than otherwise if you would have just Tempered expectations. Is it possible to temper expectations with Jim Irsay leading this organization, or is Chris Ballard just going to have to put up with whatever he says publicly? Yeah, but everybody was kind of high on Ryan. I mean, I was. I thought, okay, you know, this guy isn't great, but he doesn't have to be. I thought he would give him more than he gave him. I was kind of tepid on Carson Wentz. Phillip Rivers, I tell you, if they got, I really thought they thought they could get two years from him, and, and that didn't happen. So, yes, and yes, the owner needs to tamp it down a little bit, but I, he doesn't know that. That's not in his vocabulary. It's not how he's built. <laughs> You're always going to get, you know, multiple Lombardies and all that, which, which I understand where he's coming from, but that does sort of get, you know, that, that kind of whips up the fan base, although the fan base, doggone it, fan base needs to learn <laughs> what what's truth and what and what's just you know rah rah mm-hmm. but but it and, and it, it has set this team back you cannot change quarterbacks every year and, and go anywhere it, it just doesn't work and they realize that this is a year and he sort of said that you know he was asked if you have to move heaven and earth and you like the guy don't you go and do it and he said yes you will so they're at mm-hmm. four but don't they have to move up to get their guy I, I just I don't know that sitting there at four is going to be enough because you're going to get probably the chap. The difference, the, the difference between Bryce Young and Will Levis from a public perception. I mean, think about the is. the worlds apart there, and I don't see that changing over the next 107 days. You know, C.J. Stroud. I mean, I I think if you get one of those two guys, mm-hmm. you can really get this faint because because I think the perception would be that these guys can step in semi early and play. Yep. I'm not sure with anybody else that's the case. But but if you give this fan base one of those guys, even Levis, he, at least they see there there's something there, there's hope. 
there there is light down down the tunnel. Without that, you you just you you go from anger to apathy. Apathy. When you hit apathy, I, I've been there, mm. and it's 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 not pleasant. And and once you lose the fan base, it's tough to get them back. Yep. And, and the thing is that everybody knows that. You know, there are there are more than just the Indianapolis Colts right now that are in need of a quarterback. It's, it's it drives the entire league, and, and understanding that you can't just sit, it's hard to just sit at four because other people are going to be calling and trying to make moves no to get above you. No question. So which which puts the Bears the pressure, are open for business. Which put, and and you need to leverage the relationships that you have there with the Bears right now. And and not just the relationships, organization organization when it comes to coaches. Those coaches have coached those dominant players that are on your roster. Correct. Right? You know, so just the entirety of the makeup of that relationship, there's some synergy there, right? And and hopefully that synergy can create a pathway towards the coach ultimately getting to that top spot. Sure. So there's a guarantee <laughs> of you getting the individual that you want. Chap- but, that, but, that, but that synergy's got to come with a bunch of stuff. Yep. Players. Exactly. Players. Exactly. exactly. Chap- so, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Nope. Well, uh, again, it's going to take a lot to get up there. But, but, but if you're convinced that that guy is the guy, then what the hell does it matter what the cost is? Because you got to get him. And – Chap, there is not a fan in Indianapolis driving around right now that would argue with you because everyone is okay with moving on from what you just watched this season, a team that was relatively healthy, a team that schematically was thought to have one of the best offensive minds in the league, and you turned in the worst offense in terms of DVOA and the most turnovers. We've danced around head coach and quarterback. Those decisions are not going to be made today. Chap, if you were a Colts veteran in the locker room, surely watching along with the rest of us this afternoon, what did you take away from Chris Ballard, specifically his message to the top-level players on this team and what his vision is for this roster going forward? Well, and it's one that fans aren't going to want to hear, but it's, trust me, I will fix this. And you either trust him or you don't. If you're a veteran, now if you're a player, under contract, you might as well trust him because you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's but but I, you just have to, I guess blind blind faith isn't really because if you look overall, if if you can forget the fact that they've whipped on quarterback and left tackle and pass rusher, if you if you can look look past those three <laughs> awful things, there's been some really good drafts. There's been some good draft picks. There have some. Some strong players. This roster—I'm convinced this roster isn't as much trash and as people think it is. It's just got holes where you can't have holes. Well, and, and, and that's where I was thinking earlier. If, if somebody can present the data of all the information that you just talked about—the failures, the successes, right, the draft picks that we hit on—you know, you look at a guy like was it Ronnie Ronnie Thomas, seventh round draft pick this right. year. Like when you're able to find those hidden gems, right? You know that we need we need more of that. But there has been some success. You hear some people talk about the entirety of the six years as a failure, right? You you. you you just made some some wrong turns along the right. way that got you off track, but the entirety of the six years have not been full of failure. No, but 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 the six years have been forty six, fifty four, and one. I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's and it's been 
you know, you're, you're the only team that's not won a division title, which is really damning. That's the problem. And you've won what two playoffs, two playoff appearances, and you've won one game. That that's where that's where it is. And what's really got to get the, the owner PO'd is they were like one four and one in the division this year. That's the worst they've been in the division. Since there was a division. Yes. Worst in the history of the AFC South. Mike Chappell joining us on the guest line presented by the Mower Shop and Fishers, themowershop.com for all your snowblowers, commercial and residential mowers, plus service and power tools. Chap, other things you learned today in terms of how this process will move forward, uh, not only a head coach, but also with moves on this offense going forward, Marlon Jackson's asking, present you some data. Chris Ballard has acquired veteran proven players on the defensive side of the ball. He has neglected to do that on the offensive side of the ball. What can change this offseason in that department? Well, I mean, he, I guess when you're talking the draft, they've done good things in the draft with the offense with mm-hmm. Braden Smith and Quentin, although he had a down season. You know, and until they, you know, trade him Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. Pittman. But free agent-wise, they haven't. I wonder how much they'll be, how active they can be in free agency this year. And there need to be some. And I think they'll have the money to do that because they're going to save like $17 million when they get rid of Matt Ryan. But defensively, they just need, again, they need a, they need a pass rusher. They do. And I think that if they can get him, they need another receiver. They need, boy, a top-end guy. Is it an, Chap, is it an if at this point? To me, that is paramount outside of whoever the quarterback is inside the top four. Yes. It, there is no if anymore. The time no, it, the time has passed. Well, and then, too, keep in mind that this going into this offseason, this is when you normally extend your running back and – your wide receiver, uh, your wide receiver. You know they're going into their third year, and that's normal when you extend them. You know what, what's your grunt level on extending Jonathan Taylor, who, who's an elite running back? So I think they do that. How much are you willing to pay Michael Pittman? Yeah. You know the, the going rate for a receiver now starts at twenty million. How do you so forecast I, that that transpiring? I don't. Know. I, I think yeah. they, I think they get balls. Taylor done, and I don't know that they get. Yeah. Pittman done. I and I and I don't mean this as a disrespect to Pittman. I, I think that the way this offense was, he had to be one of the most frustrated players on the team. Agreed. They, tur- they turned him into like nine point three a, a reception. And Chab, I'll uh, ask you, what, what do you think of think of the the secondary? When when you look at the secondary and understanding, sometimes you need some playmakers, especially at the safety position. How do you feel about that area going going forward? Well, yeah, because you're going to lose what the face ons of the free agent uh, at Correct. corner. Uh, McLeod's a free agent, mm-hmm. and, and they've got young players there. But boy, you need and Gilmore will be back, which <laughs> this bad season overshadowed how well he played this year. Yeah, he, he, was he was awesome. Really good. He was really good. But they need playmakers. Blackman, you want to see him continue to get better. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I like what they've got, but but they just don't have enough. And this league is all about playmaking and getting Leonard back next year. If he can come back and be somewhere where, you know, close to what he was, this defense did not turn the ball over much, you know, take, take the ball away, which 
made it really tough. <laughs> and then, and then when the offense can't do much, it really wore down the defense. So I'm, I'm with you, Marlon. They need playmakers back there. Safety, another, another corner. You can never have too many corners the way teams throw the ball. So that's going to be a major focus again uh, in the offseason. And then when you look at you, you, you mentioned Shaq being out, but then in his absence, you have Bobby that steps up and you have Zaire, and they both play phenomenal, right? You know, what do you think about those two individuals? I think they're both entering. Okereke is free agent. EJ Speed as well. Zaire on a very team friendly contract. They yeah. just yeah, they just re-signed Zaire this past season. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, and I, I would assume you need to either re-sign one or the other, or Karake or EJ, and I would assume EJ 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 is going to be more a, a, affordable. So, but I thought I thought Karake played great this year. I really I really do, and they've been really good at at finding linebackers, drafting linebackers. You know, remember Anthony Walker. Uh, had a great seat. Had a great mm-hmm. career here. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's one thing that you know. It's the, that's been a really strong area. Well, don't let it dip. And you you would hope that you know by April what kind of shape Shaq's in. I would like to know by April that that he's making Surely. really really good progress and he's really doing the things he should do, or that he's not. It's well, what if he's not. What, what do you well, think? Well, you're then? not. Then you need to, you need a you need to focus on bringing in a, a starting linebacker. Uh, and we talked to Shaq yesterday, and he he sounded positive. He, you know, he he said, "Now I'm getting that feeling back that I didn't have after the first surgery." So, but until you see a guy play and and in in practice, and practice this day, the next day, the next day, to where hey, I feel pretty good. And I'm getting my feeling back. I've got not, not. I'm getting. I've got my feeling back, and I, I and and by August I'll be ready to play. I know I will. Not that I hope I will. So again, you've got a, you've got so many issues you, you need to address. The last thing you want to do is add to it by Shaq being iffy again. That just complicates everything. And and fellas, with with all due respect, I feel like we are spending a little too much time. On the defensive side of the ball, we would all agree through eight weeks, through ten weeks, this defense was ready and capable of winning a postseason game. Yep. You have the worst offense in Indianapolis with no plan, with no head coach, with a murky young quarterback situation and a potential Hail Mary coming in the veteran quarterback market to be a stopgap so that young quarterback isn't ruined three months into his NFL season. Chap, I want to conclude this conversation with this. Ballard was serious when he said, look, I've fired myself 50 times this season. I sat in agony in the press box. The number one answer Colts fans want today is, why has Jim Irsay decided to move forward with Chris Ballard? If you can give your perspective on that to close this conversation. Because he trusts him. He does. I mean, I, I, that, that's all I can tell you. Is, is he trusting? He's trusted him from the time he hired him. He believes in him. And if there was even the, the remote percentage that he didn't trust him, he, he would have gotten rid of him. He did, you know, they got rid of Frank. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy really liked Frank, trusted Frank, and, and still holds him close as a friend. But the only, the only thing I can tell you is the owner trusts the GM. 
again, we were talking in the press room. This is a case of the owner saying, I trust you to fix what you broke. That, that That's a leap. That, that's a big leap to take. But all I can say is he trusts him, and we'll know, if not this year, we'll know in two years whether that trust was founded, well-founded. Colts Nation, when the dean speaks, you listen. Mike Chapel. thank you for hopping on the fan, 107.5, uh, the Mower Shop and Fishers. Chap, we will certainly be in touch here as this head coaching search officially starts in Indianapolis. Thank you very much. Stay in touch, you guys. See you, Marlon. See you, Chap. Well, people aren't going to want to hear that, Marlon, but it is the truth. 